Hello and welcome to FGC Philosophy. I'm your host, The Philosopher, and this is where we talk about a bunch of different topics that matter to me that are going to help us all level up inside and outside the virtual arena. I've been focusing a lot more on the fighting game stuff now that I've kind of gotten my, my second, third wind in fighting games, you know, playing Fong. I, I hit Diamond recently. I talked about that before, uh, but I just had a lot of thoughts really going in my head as I've been making these realizations and going back to the basics and trying more advanced stuff. So I want to start talking to higher level players, players that are better than me, players that have beaten me in tournament or have won way more tournaments than I have. Uh, I'm talking about Truth, AKA Soul. I consider him a member of the FGC, the Kalamazoo FGC, uh, but he's from Detroit, or at least he lives in Detroit now, and uh, really great dude, really awesome, very thought-provoking, very logical player, uh, very explosive uh, cami player. So I had him on the show. He is someone that I've known for a good bit now. I ran into him for the first time in ComboCon 2018, I want to say, 2018, 2019, 2018, I think. And... Uh, <laughs> that rivalry has been there ever since then, at least on my side. Uh, I beat him in like winners finals or something like that, and then he he six owed me in winners grand uh, grand finals that long time ago. And ever since then, I've never been able to beat him in tournaments since. Uh, at least when he's playing his main and I'm playing my main. So uh, he's won several tournaments. He's won several of the Mighty Mode of Monday tournaments. First off, the ones that we host locally here every Monday night, but. He's also won other tournaments, and he's one of the best players in the Michigan area. Probably the best cami in Michigan, if not the second best. I can't think of who else there would be in Michigan. Uh, but yeah, Truth, a uh, very great person. Commentates sometimes, competes in the tournaments. Uh, had him on, started picking his brain. I feel like we got into a lot of different uh deep dives inside the topic of, of mainly the mental game, or mainly just how you approach Street Fighter 5, how you approach playing fighting games in general, mainly specific to Street Fighter 5, but you can apply uh, many of these these concepts in some manner to other games, other fighting games, maybe even even other uh, non-fighting games, right? other competitive games. Uh, but yeah, so we talk a lot about maintaining a productive level of focus, what you're focusing on. Uh, I differentiate between vigilance and, and focus and also concentration. There's different concepts around how the brain works and how you pay attention to certain things and how long you do that and uh, what you're being aware of, right? And so I wanted to really differentiate with some words. Uh, we dig deep. We talk about the fact that I have ADD, he has ADHD, and, and how we combat that in our own ways. Uh, a little bit about how we think. Because the big thing for me is it's important for other people to understand how other people think. One of the biggest benefits for me in my journey of personal development is learning how other people see things. Uh, specifically towards self-confidence for me was the, was the one that really got me thinking. I was never really naturally confident or arrogant or anything like that. I didn't like to show off or, or anything. I was very, very timid for a long time. And seeing how other people think about confidence and everything encompassing that it really got me to think about how I look at it and maybe that perception uh, can be changed and tweaked so that I can be confident as well. And the same thing applies to getting better at fighting games. I really want people to to try to put themselves out there and improve and learn and, and not be afraid of failure. So I hope this conversation is helpful for you guys. If it is, make sure you leave a comment down below. I'll also put links to the social media for Truth as well. Very great cami player. And of course, if you want to get sets with him or anybody else, you can also always join the Kalamazoo FGC. Uh, the Discord link is going to be in the description as well. So that said, Thank you guys so much, and I hope you enjoy the show.
Alright, so I think the first thing that I want to do is kind of share my experience real briefly. I talked about this with probably conversations with you in person, but then also in my last podcast, so this kind of segues real nicely into it. But I've been talking about how when I started learning hit confirming, I got better at being more aware of more information. So like the same thing happened when I learned medis. Essentially, I learned a new skill, and now that I understand it a little bit better, I'm able to extract more information. So with medis, I learned how to do a medi, you know, for each different wake up. And then after I did that, I started to realize that people have their own personal patterns on how they quick rise. I hadn't really thought about it beforehand, but now I could be like, okay, well, this person tends to do this. So with Fong, it's a little bit different. I have to pick which slide I want to do beforehand. And then from there, I have different meaty setups uh, versus like Kareen. She works a little bit differently with like what cancels, what buttons I can do. But either way, I notice new patterns because I have a new set of skills. The same thing happened with hit confirms where it's like, okay, this person likes to stand up a lot more or they press, you know, certain buttons. It's not perfect yet. There's still a lot of gaps in my knowledge, but uh, because I'm able to hit confirm and I'm confident and like, you know, if a button hits, I can do certain things. It, it affects their behavior. It affects uh, new ways of playing the game. And so uh, I'm realizing more and more and more that, you know, different parts of concentration are important because now I have this new this skill. Uh, it forces me to pay more attention. Uh, otherwise, it kind of falls off. It's not like the muscle memory is there for confirming, but like the the act of remembering to use my muscle memory isn't quite like automatic yet. So there's times where, especially when I'm tired, where I have to remind myself to focus on confirming. And then doing the confirming isn't hard as long as I'm reminding myself to do it. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes perfect sense, actually. Okay, cool. So for, I guess the first question would be for you, um, how challenging was it to be able to 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 focus on like maintaining productive focus in street fighter um that's actually a good question uh at least in terms of how i normally normally do it is just that the more the less things i really necessarily have to have to think about and and in terms of like intangibles more so like worrying about the character, worrying about what I could do to punish, you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. The less I have to, to think about, the more that I can actually focus on pretty much beating my opponent and figuring out what my opponent can do. So I don't have to worry about what I'm doing instead of just worrying about what you're doing, pretty much, I guess, so to speak. Yeah, so you're, you're comfortable enough with your own character so that you can put most of your concentration on what they're doing versus like what you need to do exactly so like like when i fight you for example a lot of times when i'm in these situations i know as soon as i jump i'm going to get entered if i'm fighting your cami like i know i'm like okay well he already knows to look for this so you're already doing it it's like you know i know how to anti-air most people at you know this rank and higher know how to anti-air but there's something going on where uh their focus their focus is directed somewhere else like it could be on their own character, it could be on the opponent's ground game, but somehow, like you're able to maintain this. This at least when you're fighting me and players around my skill level, you're able to maintain uh, awareness of a lot of these things. And even people on like your skill level and higher, you know, you've been in these tournaments a lot and you you fight a lot of these people. So like, how are you able to uh, diversify 
I'll use the word vigilance, right? So the word mm-hmm. vigilance means the action or state of keeping careful watch of possible dangers or difficulties. Uh, I don't think that term is used enough because it's different from focusing. It's like you're specifically being aware of these things, but also not a, like not focusing on the, the stuff that's not relevant. So like, how, how do you maintain being able to anti-air consistently, but also being aware of like an opponent's ground game, for example? I would probably say like the best way for me to really like focus on focus on uh at least when it comes out to like anti-iron like i keep let's say for instance like i put like chunks of like chunks of like my own type of like memory and focus on certain things like for instance like when it comes down to like how i focus on ground game i don't really focus too much on more so like you know trying to you know trying to whiff punish at least for real i'm more like certain buttons yeah i look for like for instance if you're if you're if you're doing like let's say for instance you're playing like fong and you're you're doing like either i think it's what like down for what is it down for it uh heavy punch the one where he kind of like slaps up and down yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll look i'll look for that or i'll look for certain buttons for other characters stuff like that certain buttons certain moves so stuff that i know that i can easily whip punish the other the other buttons i'll just try to just stuff out with uh with pokes so i don't really have to necessarily worry about whether or not Oh, he's gonna do this. He's gonna do that. I gotta focus on the ground game. No, it's just I'm just looking for a couple of things, and then as soon as when you jump, I'm just I'm usually ready. And and normally whenever it comes down to like certain like certain situations, especially involving with like the corner, when a lot of people tend to tend to jump out, it's uh it's actually better to to take the crosscut DP. If your opponent is capable of doing it because you're out of the corner you only took like 120 maybe once 130 damage and you're out of the corner mm-hmm. but but yeah it's just it's just that uh i always I always keep a little bit of a keep a little bit of, of awareness when it come down to anti-air because when whenever i don't that's something that my opponent can take advantage of and that's making me having to play defense more which i really don't want to that makes sense. Okay, so how do you filter out the useless information then? Like, how how are you getting rid of what's not useful to you? I mean, in, ter- in terms of like, I don't really think there's really any type of information that I feel that is kind of useless. Mm. But it's just more so what takes priority over over others. So... So if I so for instance like if I'm going up against an opponent that's that's like that I'm trying to figure out like first game I don't know how this opponent plays at all I have to pay attention to certain tendencies of what my opponent is doing is he walking back and forth a lot uh, is he doing it aimlessly like even when it comes out to like confirms is he confirming it or is he just doing it or is he dashing is he jumping a lot stuff like that I, that's stuff that I really have to pay attention to. And I'd be able to take to my advantage. Uh, if a person is teching a lot, I could just I could delay button. I can shimmy. There's a lot of options. I, there's a lot of things that open up when it comes down to somebody who does something a lot versus somebody who does it sometimes. Because a a player who does something sometimes, especially on the defensive end, is more scary than a than a player that does nothing or a player that does something all the time. So, because that get 
that that makes that makes you kind of have to mix up your offense a little bit more than normal while they can really just sit there and just analyze on what you're going to do which means you'll have to utilize more of your options in some cases instead of just instead of just going with the same game plan so that could that could be that can be an issue for for a lot of players as well depending on uh how good defensively your opponent is as well as offensively yeah i can see that in myself i think my my strategy is like some of my strings at the very least are very repetitive and and probably certain other kinds of pressure i'm not really thinking about just yet uh but i find that it my in some form or fashion i'm predictable and i know it because like certain players can beat me pretty consistently and i'm like okay they know like there's certain players who are just better like they they have a better strategy they execute it better and there are some people who just know know me and are able to to know that i'm going to like do these things and it's like i know all the things that i i do for the most part like i'm the one that had those ideas and created those strategies but at the same time it's like okay i'm stuck in a pattern to where i'm not you know execution wise i'm still improving you know i'm still learning new things about the game but in terms of like you know especially fong's playstyle, because i feel like he has an established playstyle where with kareen it, it keeps changing uh based off of the skills that i acquire with her so i, right. I can see that in myself yeah because uh the way that the way that the way that i kind of view things is that it's kind of like I, I developed a I developed a flow chart at least when it came down to to Cami, like because really to be honest I really don't do that much. Like a lot of people would would see that I'm doing like all of this crazy stuff when I'm not really doing a lot. I'm only doing really about two or three things really to be honest, and that's a part of the flow chart is just having like three like two to maybe like four or five different strategies that you that you could just do and just mix up without you necessarily having to think about it it's kind of it's a it's in a sense it's like it's an autopilot but it's not an autopilot at the same time you don't have to necessarily have to think about switching it up as long as it's like if you've done it so many times and no one went to switch up then it's not then it's it's not going to harm you as long right. as you as long as you utilize as long as you're utilizing your flow chart effectively and that's that's something that i learned from uh that's something that i learned from l train mm. i think there's an argument to be made that it could be even more productive because if you have a set strategy and maybe either counter strategies or alternative strategies then you can test those strategies out and acquire actual information versus playing quote unquote like just random it's like okay i'm gonna try this play style against it, it depends on the situation like in the first of two maybe you might not you might not get a lot of information if you're you know playing in just that set uh but if you're playing with uh, friends or you're doing a long set uh i can see having the chance to test out multiple strategies and, and looking at okay this is how this player like it, especially if it's a, a character issue and not necessarily a player issue or maybe a certain strategy uh that you that you struggle with and playing and trying your own preset ideas against them and being like okay i'll try these specific things this works this doesn't and you can kind of create a new strategy of like kind of putting certain parts of it together depending on what it is that you're doing like maybe you play more aggressive but you take away this tool for a long time and that like makes them forget about it which usually you use it in more of your aggressive play style but now it's like okay i'm going to use it more of my defensive play style and then bait them out into doing something um like kareen's orochi for example a lot of times i'll overuse it just to make people like 
want to start taking their turn. And then once they start taking their turn and I take a couple of hits for it, like I'll just go ahead and blow them up with DP when it's like in a really stressful situation and they forget that I have that option. So it's like, you know, it, maybe I used to use it more aggressively, but then I change it up and I, I use it to get, like to close the gap, like just, just to close the gap against like projectile characters or something like that. And then, then I'll like just not use my, my uh, EXDP at all. Or I'll use it a bunch of times to make them think I'm gonna do something so they're scared and they're gonna like just block and just walk up grab or something like that. So yeah. you can take different parts and I, I think that there's some information that's easier to acquire rather than just like grinding it out with a bunch of sets. Right. But either way would work, but I think that's more productive if you go in with a strategy uh, because you can test theories and you can get information and bring it back. Because uh, I'm guilty of just playing the game randomly and not really having an idea. So I know that way for me isn't the best versus like, okay, here are these things I'm going to work on. Here are these skills I'm going to acquire. Uh, let's see what I learn along the way. And that's like, it's more rewarding for me personally, like uh, to each of their own. Like there's no right way to play the game. Uh, but I think for certain kinds of people, at least for myself, uh, this, the, the concepts that we're talking about are more productive. Yeah. Especially um, when you add in the fact that like, uh, for me, I think I told you before, but I have ADD, something I was diagnosed with for a long time. I never took medication for it. I probably never will. Well, no, I took medication. It didn't work. Um, I stopped taking it like, you know, when I was 17, 18 years old, uh, ever since then, like meditation and exercise are the ways that I try to maintain my focus. Uh, so a lot of these things, it's like, I know to focus on them, but my mind can very easily wander. Uh, if I don't like listen to music or something like that, it's, I have to concentrate on focusing on the game sometimes or whatever it is that i'm doing i don't think everyone has this issue um it's really easy to like look at the game but sometimes my mind can just wander while i'm still looking and like it's probably like you know 80 percent capacity 50 percent capacity or something like that but like these are all things that i'm more like hyper aware of because i know how easy it is for me as an adult to like maintain my focus versus like being in high school and like zoning out daydreaming when the teacher is talking about nonsense so, uh, you know, in your personal experience, like how, how hard is it for you to, uh, maintain focus on the game? Is it like really simple that comes naturally or is it something that you have to actively think about? Um, so, uh, one thing, one thing for certain that a lot of people don't know, I actually have ADHD myself mm. and I, I used to take, I used to take medication for it when I was younger. But then as I got older, it kind of, I guess I kind of found my own ways to be able to mitigate it. Like it still, it still happens every so often. Like I'll, I'll get distracted by, by some stuff every so often, but the majority of the time I usually can, I usually can maintain focus, but, uh, but maintaining focus when it came down to, uh, when it came down to like playing, playing this game for certain, I have to, I like, as I got more experience, I learned how to kind of like shut out like any outside noise in a sense, mm -hmm. because when I was first playing uh, this game, I used to get distracted by all the outside noise. Like whenever I, where I went to the online, like whenever I went to the uh, to the locals, I would get distracted by all by everything. Mm -hmm. And and I had to focus on that to the point where it was like now if I could I could sit I could sit in a crowded room, everybody, you know, is talking you know all, all this crazy stuff and as soon as soon as when as soon as when it says round one fight i hear nothing else you're locked in locked in 
completely mm. i don't get distracted by anything else and it's like you you could be yelling in my ear screaming i won't hear any of it yep i will and, tell you what the detroit scene helped me with that like i have a preference of playing music if i have the option but now like because of the detroit scene i've learned all right this is how you block stuff out before then most people are respectful <laughs> or like not that it's disrespectful it's just like they're a different crowd and like you you know what to expect when you go to the detroit, detroit scene so it's like you got to learn how to block that stuff out and not let it get to you yeah yeah it, uh yeah that like dealing dealing with all that crowded noise at least from the detroit scene definitely helped me out quite a bit and and it's just uh more so like now that when it came down to me like playing on stream at least when it was offline and online it just it i just play it like it's normal i don't try to go on ahead and do any type of any type of fancy stuff no matter how much you know everybody would like to say that i do fancy stuff but i think i'm i think i could consider myself a rather boring player but but i mean it works hmm. so this almost falls into a different topic but it's still focus related so i'll, I'll touch on it real quick so we kind of talked about you know playing on stream and playing in crowds uh, i think those are all different kinds of distractions but in terms of distractions in general it's like I'll, I'll explain how my brain works as an example when like people are talking whether they're talking about me or just really loud i naturally just want to look that's how my brain works it's like almost like a self-defense mechanism where it's like something's moving i see like moving lights i gotta check it out i've learned to push that away uh the harder one that I also learned that I think is more important for a lot of people is like when people are talking about you, your play style or like your character or anything like that and not partaking in that, that activity, like not letting your brain go that way. Right. Cause there's a lot of people who are like, they'll either hear the commentator or they'll hear someone talking about them and they'll like, they'll respond. And like, I'm not talking about punk where it's like, okay, you know, there, there's people, there's people like Michael Jordan in, in punk that they, they get empowered by that kind of stuff. Uh, but then there's other people who get tilted by this kind of stuff. And it's the way I see it is like when you're partaking in what someone else says or thinks about you, even if you're making up a story about like, you know, you have stream jitters, you're nervous about what people are saying about you or thinking about you. Like I see it as a distraction. Like I don't see that as useful information that's going to do me any good, like in any situation. So my my logic is to just like not, you know, put my attention on on the game and what I can do and nothing else. Like I have to actively remind myself to do that, but it's like, it's really easy to not focus on that kind of stuff because it's like, is how important is that to me? You know, if I'm, if I'm a little bit upset because I was lost around and I hear people talking, take a couple deep breaths, put my attention back on like what I can do, see how I'm feeling and then, you know, get back to my strategy and try to do it the best that I can. But a lot of other people, they, they can't do that it seems like you know they get they get tilted or they get worse and worse and worse you see people like get really mad i know people personally that have like been mad on stream and were nervous just because of on stream or even like reacting to me as a commentator like talking to me directly and like losing that game and being salty of just everybody you know for so for you you know what is your personal approach to you know the loud noises or people talking about you like where, where is your mindset at and then what advice would you say um to to deal with that uh with with me personally i'm gonna say it's just uh we'll say i i've learned how to shut out all the noise and everything it's just that for for a very long time at least when i was on the on the rise up at least when it came down to street fighter 5 uh i was not relatively well liked in terms of the game 
like i wasn't i wasn't hated but it's just i wasn't liked because because of the character that i played and and uh pretty much my my kind of my first big test was when i was playing this was i think it was about four years ago yumicon 2017 when they had they had the uh they had like the 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 sets like the grudge matches and all that and i had to play i had to play q in the first to 10 oh and and with uh and it was set about two months before so it gave me two months to train so i did i trained relentlessly because i did not want to lose and i was very unfavored and when it came down to that to that uh set like a lot of people thought i was going to lose free and when i came when i came into the set uh that uh that friday despite i was i think i was like two three minutes late because of the elevator situation <laughs> but we're not gonna talk about that uh <laughs> but but yeah uh i was pretty much i was locked and loaded like it was an entire crowd ready to ready to see this and and q q pretty much he wanted to he wanted to play he played his game the way that he wanted to play he was playing his uh his characters that he wanted to play and everything and and the thing was was that the one thing that i was that i was focused on for instance was just to pretty much just to have fun like really just to have fun and to learn from what what i can exactly do in order to beat him and really to be honest how to put him on tilt so i can actually steamroll him and that's exactly what i did after when i think it was what game three game three he started being a little bit on tilt so i started to steamroll him and then when he went to the strategy that that to be honest i didn't want him to go to which was to pick the character that i could not beat to save my life at that time which was which was birdie like i couldn't be birdie to say i couldn't be birdie to save my life oh man and and he uh he brought out birdie when i was up nine i was up nine one in the set and he beat me one time i'm like oh crap this this could this could get bad if i don't if i don't end this now and i i i kind of i kind of got i kind of got tilted for a second after when i lost when i lost that second game and i sat there for like a good five ten seconds just thinking i'm like okay even though this character is annoying irritating and all and all and all the all the synonymous words possible i have to win this so I literally took a deep breath, took a took a sip of my orange Powerade, and just and just played it out, and I ended up winning uh ten two. Mm-hmm. So and and pretty much uh the crowd was very the crowd was very against me, and I'm used to it. I'm used to being the villain when it came down to when it came down to certain things because I, I like I like the I like the negative energy when it comes down to like playing a game because it it kind of it, it feels it feels the fire because i like i like proving people wrong in a lot in a lot of situations and the crowd was the crowd was literally on his side because they uh so many people thought that i wasn't good all that and it was just nah i, I had i had to beat him so it was just overall like that was that was the big test for me personally to to uh to really like keep focused because that was the that was probably like one of the largest crowds i played in in a while probably since like combo breaker 2017 
when I had to when I had to play on stream for top thirty two. Damn. So, yeah. Let's dissect that a little bit. Like, what did you do to untilt yourself? Like in that in that breathing, right? Like what what logics did you have to kind of put back together, so to speak? Um, I just had to. I just had to just not get not get upset about any anything anything that was that, that was going to happen like any type of intangibles like any type of random moments any type of scrambles i had to i had to get rid of that immediately because if i if i let that stick in my head i was going to lose mm -hmm. so i had to just let it rock once once i started letting letting all the letting all the nonsense rock that's when i was able to really just to just close it out yeah that makes sense so uh, for a lot of people who like it may not come naturally to it's it's such an intangible like way to it's hard to explain this logically for a lot of people because it's it's something that you have to just redirect what your attention is on because a lot of people have this habit of thinking about a situation and then having an emotional reaction to that that situation that they created in their head and then behaving as if that like situation is like an inevitability so to speak so it's like oh i'm nervous i'm going to get embarrassed because people think a b and c about me and i'm going to look stupid and then like all they do is create behaviors that reinforce that they don't play as hard they don't make as good decisions they're you know they're too focused on everything but the game and so it's like it, it's literally a distraction and they're not it's not useful information and so it's, it's hard to like emphasize this enough because a lot, a lot of people they just they get stuck on this alone where it's like they think something really toxic a character's op and they're just like hyper focusing on this useless information rather than getting uh like information from the game and learning they're just like sitting there trying to find ways to like justify their loss uh or they're like they just get caught in some emotional like it's, it's like a negative feedback loop where they get mad and they get sad and they get mad and they get sad um, but they don't really get themselves out of it because they're too focused on the wrong information so for the for the listeners out there that that need this like this is for you guys make sure you learn how to redirect your attention so that you don't actually engage because you're creating a story that isn't true you know uh, for those that do it and then from there it's like you're reacting as if it's real and it's not so don't do that <laughs> cut that out if you can um, but yeah, so I, I wanted to touch on that a little bit. Like, that's a whole other topic of like confidence that I could get into, you know, and I hope to do in the future. I, I've done it in the past, but like, uh, in terms of focus, it's something that isn't like you shouldn't be vigilant for that information. It's not useful. You want to be vigilant for like the player's tendencies or like the proper information, like, you know, paying attention to jump in, like jump ins with buttons, all that kind of stuff. Right. I think the interesting thing with, with focus I touched on earlier is the fact that not just your level of focus but the level of things you're able to notice tends to improve as like your like your skill level improves with the game so if you acquire a certain skill um usually more information around that is going to become more readily available like i talked about the way people uh wake up on on buttons and stuff like that so in your experience when you have improved as a player in what ways has your focus improved that it was like you like things you noticeably improved on like and we're now able to be more aware of that you weren't before i view improvement as things slowing down for me so street fighter 5 is a very it's a very very fast-paced game it, it can it can be over in a matter of seconds but as as you constantly improve in the game 
and a lot of a lot more things become second nature and you stop thinking about certain things the game slows down for you you're able to focus on a lot of things that you're that you didn't normally wouldn't be able to see like like for instance when when i realized the last time when i made when i made that big jump which was uh probably probably more so a few months ago when i started making a big jump and started improving again uh it was just that i noticed that i was reacting to dash ups a lot more i was i was uh making players uh pretty much i was dictating the pace like i was able to slow the pace down to a snail to a to a snail run i was able to 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 pretty much like to create it into like a track meet i was able to go on ahead and be able to do all these things that i wasn't able to do because uh beforehand before i uh before i had i had became stagnant and it came when it came down to my improvement i plateaued and i had started to realize that I was playing the game the way that the game was meant to be played instead of breaking the rules like I am now. Mm-hmm. And that's really the that's really like the door that needs to be open when it comes down to becoming a high level and a top level player. Because top level players, they don't play the they don't play the game the way that the way that it should be played. They play the game the way that they want to play it. They break the rules. Sort of speak. Yeah. There's a really good book. I wish I could remember the quote, but uh the book is Mastery by Robert Green. Uh, and then he covers a lot of the the quote unquote geniuses like Beethoven, uh, or Wolfgang von Goethe, uh, Einstein, like a bunch of like Edison, a bunch of famous like really successful people, athletes, and and just all kinds of people. And yeah. in it, um, he talked about something very very similar. Where it's like um, like Da Vinci, for example, like he he understood how traditional art was done very very well, but he also took the time to like create his own style, so to speak, within and outside of the realm of like the rules of art at that time and so it's like you have these people who are masters who who can do like obey the rules but because they know the rules so well they can like kind of bend them to their will so to speak you know martial artists are also really good at that and it keeps evolving like mma being like the the ultimate form of martial arts nowadays um but it's it's very very true where it's like yes you you do have to understand the the rules and that's going to help you a lot but you also have like you can't be bound within those rules uh, i think at various different levels i see a lot of players that succumb to that at some point in time you know i think the most obvious way to notice this is when people say why would you do something like that you know that's that's a very like simplistic way of noticing it but a lot of players um adhere to the rules so strictly that they have a hard time beating players who like you know play from the heart for example or something like that and that's that's still like what they're thinking about but it's also what they're not thinking about or what they're not thinking is a, a possibility you know they're kind of limited in terms of what what they think is mo- most likely to happen right does that make sense right so I, I don't know if that falls into the realm of like focus per se but it's just like there's all these things that are all mental that can hugely impact the game that have nothing to do well it have very little to do like you have to have mechanical skills or you have to have good execution to do a lot of these things but at a certain point a lot of the pros have said this that i've talked to they all say at a certain point like execution isn't really a factor anymore because that's something you put time into and you don't really have to think too much about it i didn't understand that you know maybe a year or two ago but um now i get it a lot more my execution is not immaculate but it's good enough to do like you know just frame orochis or just frame tenkos into orochis somewhat consistently so i feel like I've, i've learned i've improved at that skill and now it's like okay 
Like doing hit confirms would have been impossible if I couldn't do the rest of that combo. But it's like eased up so much space where it's like, okay, my attention now is on confirming. Eventually it won't be on confirming. I can just do it more naturally. But for now, that's kind of where I'm at. And not really think too much about the combo. I might drop it from time to time, but it's like, okay, I know why I dropped it. I need to just tighten up, like do it a little bit later. Usually I do it too early, yada, yada, yada. In what ways have you broken the rules? The way the ways that I've broken the rules, I started being able to implement more fake setups into into my game plan instead of just using all real setups, all true setups. I have like implementing real and fake stuff and being able to mesh it together and make it seamless makes makes it scary, which means it for it forces your opponent to react to something. And so at least consider. Yeah, it forces them to react. So, so when you start mixing in real and fake stuff and making it seamless, that's when your that's when your offense becomes way scarier. It's kind of the same thing with on defense. And like for instance, if you're going up against somebody who likes to jab a lot versus somebody who you know is really good at just you know checking a lot of things, stuff like that, like they're they're noticing a lot of, a lot of things. Like they're noticing when stuff is real. They're noticing when stuff is fake and and you have to keep that in mind because a lot of a lot of top players mix in real and fake stuff quite a bit like some people will do like double dash ups on on certain wake ups uh some some people will do like a meaty that's not like a true meaty but you'll still get hit because you don't notice it any anything like that like when mm. you start like i started breaking the rules being able to do that because because uh I can I can tell I can tell when I started to implement a lot of the fake stuff, my win rate was was started to skyrocket. I was winning a lot more. I was I was making my opponents fear fear me more on offense versus versus me being that's like the unpredictability pretty much comes becomes a factor there. That's when unpredictability really becomes a factor is when you're able to to just have your establish that you have real like real setups and then you just start mixing in fake stuff it just it works why do you think that is um because so so many people expect so many people expect uh you know people expect the real stuff people don't expect like people don't expect the unexpected and that's something that you that that a lot of players need to be able to do. They need to ex expect the unexpected. And like once, like, cause, cause once, uh, once you go up against a player and you develop a decent amount of respect, and then, and then when they, you know, get that, they get that hint. It's like, okay, he's starting to respect me a little bit too much. Now I can go on ahead and just do whatever I want to do. Mm -hmm. And and once you're not ready for it, then I could just start mixing it in. And then you're gonna wonder what what happened, and then you're just gonna have to look at the tapes and see and see what see what you could have done. Yeah. So that's that's what I ended up doing. Cause uh, like prime example, uh, the number one person who probably can who probably had to deal with the most of that was uh, was forty percent flash kick was when me and him played. And he noticed that he was noticing that I was I was mixing in all the real and fake stuff because I figured out how to break the rules. 
and that's and that's how that's how I was I've been able to really like match him consistently in terms of in terms of it and then I kind of became like a little bit of a tournament demon to him because he he hasn't fig- he hasn't figured out like, at least at least in my personal opinion he probably might have already have but it's just that when like in my prior experience to playing against him like I was able to dictate everything when it come down to my offense as well as his like I wasn't I wasn't fearful of anything while he was too busy being aware of what I was doing because I was I was playing I was playing fast and slow at the same time so it was kind of like catching them off guard so that's like a prime example is like those sets and like the tournament sets against him Hmm. and so like clearly both you guys had really good mechanical skills or execution what what was it you know as best as you can say what was it that allowed you to like beat him out was it certain buttons that you press at certain ranges like you know can you articulate that uh i would probably say i would probably say it was more so like paying attention to the range that he want he wanted to play uh he he was playing at a specific range when i was first when i first started playing against him and and i didn't know exactly i didn't know exactly what to do so when he was beating me consistently at one point i had to i was like okay let me go back to the tapes let me see what i could have done and i was just i was just replaying certain stuff over and over and over again where i was getting caught up stuff like that realizing what what he what he wasn't taking advantage of and then that's when i started implementing like certain things like i was implementing walking back against some more uh blocking high not really blocking his low that much uh and pretty much like just playing a little bit more disrespectful against him because because playing because playing him straight up is uh granted it's it's a it's it's gonna be a battle but but being able to play him at a at a slightly disrespectful level makes makes it a lot easier it made it a lot easier for me and then being able to shut down his options because i i had to i had to laugh i had to laugh kage a lot when i played against him so that's that's one thing he he had to uh he had to realize that i was i was laughing a lot like i laughed my wins i laughed my losses all of that to to maintain to maintain to maintain like like my like pretty much my consistency in terms of like your character which which also kind of implements into the whole focus thing like it it implements it because being able to lab and and not having to really think about certain options that's one less thing i have to worry about that's for certain so what you're saying it just like it happens automatically where if something like if you if you see something happening you just automatically react to it yeah is that what you're saying okay and it's like a, at a certain range so so if someone's saying if is this on average or is this a player by player thing like do you on average just look at the range and you try to figure out like what are they trying to do or is it just like okay they're playing this character most likely they're going to use these tools like how do you assess that generally i go by character but i also i also take enough notes in mentally based on the player uh if you're like if you're playing a character and you want to use like your max range poke a lot i'll more than likely stay at that range or i'll probably go in and out of that range to force you to whiff 
or if you're playing if you're playing a certain style i have to adapt to your style and then i'll be able to go on ahead and figure out a game plan pretty much off the off the top to figure out how to beat you because uh because if i had to say a prime example of somebody i had to really adapt to this was recently uh i played against demon crest the warlord fong player oh very recently i 2 owed him and uh in in our set that we played and when i last played against him he was he was beating me because he was doing he was doing pseudo frame traps where frame traps that that are that that are pretty much dictated by space so if i press a button he i just get counter hit yeah <laughs> Good and at that. he was very and he was very good at that so he started doing it against me and i had already came up with a counter strategy for it which was really just to walk back it was so, just to walk back or to, or or pretty much just to, uh just to sit there and see if he's going to whip a button and then when i noticed that he was doing it pretty much autopilot i took advantage and i realized that he was doing he was pretty much trying his hardest to get out of get out of any type of pressure situation whether it was back dashing whether it was jumping back neutral jumping uh jumping forward out of corners he was doing anything and everything to to get away from my pressure sounds about right and and he wasn't respecting the fact that that i had once i had bar he couldn't he couldn't do anything no because i played at a specific spacing can't do light kick Rio Benda, <laughs> you can't uh, slide for free or yeah, cancel. Yeah. Oh my goodness! Yeah, it, it was it was bad. Where he, I, I don't even think he didn't. I don't even think he took a round off of me. I think I just beat him four straight rounds. But PTSD right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it it was uh pretty much with that and that concept. It was just me focusing on how to beat him. Or figure out way, pretty much my easy way to beat him versus like focusing on, oh, he's a warlord, I'm, I'm gonna get beat. No, that's not the case. I, I know how to beat him. I can figure it out. Is I think that one of the big things for certain, at least for a lot of players, uh, a lot of people tend to lose focus when it comes down to viewing somebody's rank. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is that with rank. It, all it is is just how much time you really put in and and it's just it's not it's it's not an accurate representation of how people of how people are at least in terms of skill level at least until you get to like ultimate grandmaster even some grandmasters and uh and warlords yeah but even so they they don't know everything but yeah i think higher ranks just sh- uh, just show how much time isn't put into the game for the most part yeah you know, I think that's a respectable thing, but it doesn't mean that they're necessarily better or worse than you. No, yeah. but a lot of people see that rank and they lose focus. They just like they everything that they know about the game is just thrown out the window. They don't know what to do. Yeah, I get excited. I, I think that's that's still a form of, of a tilting. But I'm like, oh, I'm gonna play somebody really good that's gonna watch me. Like, let me see, let me see if I can beat this guy. And then if I don't, let me like let me see how well I do against them. Like that's that's about it for me. That's actually really good. Like having that kind of mindset actually helps like it, it really does help especially if you haven't got the chance to play against like the stronger players often once you get the once you get those opportunities 
you really get to test your resolve on how on how you really get to play against them and that and that really to be honest that's going to that's going to really help in terms of like how to really focus against like higher ranked players because mm. mm-hmm. the way that they play the game and the way that like most players play they don't think the same they're playing a whole different game to you yeah absolutely i see it like you know when i do these uh weekly tournaments and you know some of the dr people or like Blarlad come through or even when i fight you guys i'm like look there, there's a clear difference in my logic and like obviously there's another echelon above that where you get like, to the pro tier but you know i have access potentially to a lot of those players because not a lot of the pros are ranked you know warlord or at least aren't playing on their main account with a ranked warlord so like i can get to play a lot of these uh a mixture of high high ranking or experienced players right like even if they got into the master rank and they play like stupid random uh they got to master rank somehow so they, they won at least enough matches to get to that rank so it's like they may not have a, a play style that's respectable by the common public but it's one that i should be aware of because a pro might take some part of that you know and have some of that but just do it better or more refined so it's like for me i get to just play a, a larger pool of experienced players and like if i can beat them or if I can play them more, it'll be better. Because like playing Bar, like I play Barla like once a week at most. If I run into him on tournament, and that's about mm-hmm. it. And that's the same thing with all the DR players. Like I don't, I don't hit them up for enough matches though. I need to start doing that. But, uh, you know, the the best two out of three isn't enough for me to usually learn, uh, except for like in a VOD. But in like, best of five series is perfect, or best of ten. Uh, those give me enough time to like maybe assess a few things and try some new things out. So it's it's exciting that I'm gonna run into more players. And like that's the only like once I learned that when Goku got got to uh to Diamond and is now playing Masters and Grandmasters and Ultimate Grandmasters, I'm like, oh, that's reason enough for me to get the Diamond. That was my motivation to get the Diamond, so that now I can play Master level players. Like that's all I want. I haven't played rank yet because I'm just kind of giving myself a break, uh, so I don't de-rank myself and get all like in my head about it. I'm just playing best of fives, but that's something to look forward to. Um, before yeah. I forget though, the last thing I want to hit on real fast, something that's helped me improve my focus, and it's a, it's kind of stupid, like it's kind of very common sense, but again because of how my brain works, it's not so obvious, and that's the eyes, and what your eyes do. Um, I've learned as I've gotten better, that it's really, really important to uh, a couple of things. One, pay attention to the animations of the character, like there's so much information that you can get that can be missed if you're not very vigilant about it. The bar, best example I can think of is I lose a Zangief in the past strictly because I forgot about V-Trigger 1. And I, you, you know my patterns from, from zoning and I'll do those same patterns and uh, a Zangief will just V-Trigger me and then after that is just two choices. I have to I have to guess right two times. No, I, I have two, uh, two chances, two wrong guesses and I lose. That's basically it. That's that's how it transpires. Is he basically punishes me for doing projectiles mid screen, pulls me in, has a meaty setup. I have to guess right. Um, if I don't, then I have one more choice, and it's just like a struggle until I have to run him out. But the funny thing is, is that I all I have to do is literally bait out V trigger one, V reversal punish. I, I can literally punish his V trigger one with my V reversal, and there's nothing he can right. do about it. But I in the past have forgotten so many times and it's only because of my eyes like literally because i did not look there now there's there's tons of examples all over street fighter but uh, i kind of wanted to touch high level at least you know for you when it comes to utilizing the eyes you know something that maybe 
might seem obvious to other people but didn't seem obvious to you that you had to look at is there any examples that you have there i'm usually i'm usually pretty consistent when it comes out to paying attention to most most situations but there are every so often I do, i'll do like i'll screw up in terms of like me forgetting that i don't have v trigger or i didn't build enough bars to get super any anything anything like that like like for instance like with the like with the geef situation um like whenever i play against geef i don't really have to focus too much on v on his v trigger i have to focus on super that's what I really have to focus on when it comes down to him. Because if he has super, I have to respect him a little bit more. Because right. he could just do super in between my strings and I take 400. So I have to play it a little I have to play it a little bit more. I have to play it a little bit more uh a little bit more methodical. Instead of just playing a little bit instead of just, you know, just being a little bit more flowchart. Because uh because a lot of geek players when they go up against Cami, they tend to play a little bit more random, especially going up against a more uh, oppressive Cami, mm -hmm. uh, because they know that once they get put into a knockdown situation, they have to guess. They have to guess bad when it comes down to it, because if they, because granted, Geef does have ten fifty, so he has a lot. He has a lot of chances against Cami, probably about five to six. Yeah, he's willing to take oh. those trades. Yeah, he's willing to take the trades. Because because if he gets one right read, then I got then pretty much Cami players have to guess between two to three times and she's dead. Yeah, you have the same issue I do. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. So it's it's really just being able to contain to really to be able to contain them, but certain because because I have to deal with certain like playing being a Cami main I have to I have to be aware of certain of certain V triggers for certain. I had to be, I had to be aware of, I had to be, I definitely had to be aware of Zeku V trigger too. Like that eliminate, that eliminates me from jumping period. Yep. I can't jump at all. If, if he has that V trigger. Uh, that's why normally whenever I go up against uh Bushin master, I don't jump once he gets uh V trigger. <laughs> I haven't learned my lesson like, yet. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Cause He's one of them. Cody is another character. Like V Scale one, I can't jump. Uh so <laughs> a lot of characters where I have to feel like I have to play them on the ground, it eliminates one of my best options, which is the dive kick. But also, but also it it I can also play it to my advantage because mixing up the options can can cause it to be baited. So that also helps. So it's all so I can I can play I can play their option into my favor depending on depending on the player. But but with Bushin Master, not so much. I have to play him on the ground. I like I I've tried jumping against him like four different times and I get smacked every time. <laughs> yeah, he's good about that. Yeah. Very consistent. Okay. I feel like there's tons more that we can talk about this term, uh, or this this concept of focus or concentration, vigilance, like all the mental game. Um, we'll have to revisit it in the future. I'm going to still be continuing to like think about a lot of this stuff, so uh, it's kind of where my headspace is at right now, is, is just understanding the various facets of getting better at fighting games, including putting in the time. Uh, but that right. said, uh, anything you want to plug before you head out, like uh, if you stream or anything like that? Uh, yeah. Yeah, for certain. Uh, in terms of stream, uh... My uh, my Twitch handle is uh, Truth Plays with one underscore at the end. 
And uh, and when it comes down to Twitter, uh, it's at Truth Speaks with two underscores. I don't really be on other social media like that, so just just Twitter and Twitch. All right, sounds good. Thank you very much. And of course, you guys, let me know your thoughts on this. What areas of focus do you guys struggle with, and uh, what's something that you're actually really good at? And then, of course, make sure you subscribe so you can stay updated on these podcasts. Thank you guys so much for the support so far. And as always, I will see you guys in the next one.